This is The Rant presented by Strive Sports. Benjamin Klein here with you on this Tuesday, May 4th afternoon. May the 4th be with you. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, there was no, not that much action in New York sports last night with the Yankees and the Nets uh, getting days off. So just going to be commenting on the Knicks win against the Grizzlies last night and the Mets loss against the Cardinals to start their series off in St. Louis. But before I get into my analysis... Uh, just wanted to remind you guys that you can listen to these podcasts and this podcast and all the other Strive Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can access those via the link tree in my Instagram bio. Uh, listen to this show, The Rant, my other two shows, The Dogmatist, uh, which airs on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or my other show, Riding the BK Train, where I provide you with my locks for your no-house advantage props for cash leagues. Also, you could follow me on TikTok for my daily lay of the day. Uh, you could access my TikTok via the link tree in my bio. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and you'll see the widget. And I'm now working with No House Advantage. In addition to my riding the BK train show, I will be posting a TikTok to the No House Advantage official account uh, daily, providing you with a hot and cold pick for every day. Hot pick is someone that's going to hit over the line provided by No House Advantage, and cold is going to be someone that hits under the line uh, that No House Advantage provides. So tons of the you know material coming out daily. Uh, it's very exciting stuff. Again, I'd also like to have more fan interaction, uh, comments, suggestions, and uh, you know just any type of discussion is uh, definitely wanted by myself whether it be through the dms or comments on the instagram videos or connecting with me via linkedin uh definitely looking for more fan interaction so uh hoping that i get more of that as i continue to grow every single day but let's get to the nitty-gritty going to be dissecting the Knicks' big win against the grizzlies last night to start so the Knicks win this game by a score of 118 to 104. Uh, they go into the half with a nice with a nice 11 point lead. Um, then they extend that lead even more to 17, going into the fourth, and then they get outscored by three in the fourth quarter and uh, close out the Grizzlies with a four and a. 14-point victory. We have Julius Randle, 9 of 23, 5 of 8 from 3, 28 points. Uh, R.J. Barrett, 15 points, 5 of 12, 1 of 1 from 3. Keeps on uh, improving his, you know, obviously only one three-point attempt in this game, but just the fact that he's got his three-point percentage up to 39% on the season is incredibly impressive. It's 39.3 right now, slowly but surely making his way up to 40 but the most impressive uh, performance from last night, in my opinion, uh, was Derrick Rose. Um, 25 points, 11 of 15 field goals, 3 of 5 from 3. Uh, that's off the bench. So when you're uh, combining the three guys, talking about Randall and uh, RJ, those two combined had 43 points. And then also including Derrick Rose, making it 68 total points. That is obviously more than half of the team's total points. So those three guys have really been showing out recently. All three of them also in the plus for this game. Julius was a plus 15. RJ is a plus 21. Derek Rose a plus 16. That goes to show that they're not just performing on the offensive side, but they're also performing on the defensive side. 
And uh, just to comment on, you know, I've given Leon Rose a lot of credit. Just I'll also give Steve Mills credit where credit's due. He did sign Julius Randle two off seasons ago when we missed out on Kevin Durant. Uh, You know, Scott Perry uh, no longer – oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's not Steve Mills there anymore. It is Scott Perry. So Scott Perry is the one that signed Julius Randle. He's still there uh, as the GM. Obviously, Leon Rose is the president, so he's above him. But got to give credit to Scott Perry. Signed Julius Randle. No one thought that that was going to turn into anything. And look at how great of a move it it turns out to be now. So got to give him credit where credit's due. But also got to give Leon Rose the credit for getting his his Rose, Derek Rose. Um, you know, I've I heard from multiple people, including myself, a little bit when it happened, uh, questioning that trade in which they moved Dennis Smith, a good young, uh, not a good, but a potential, uh, a high potential young piece uh, and a second round pick to get Derek Rose from the Detroit Pistons. Um, people were definitely questioning it. I was only questioning it because I didn't think that the Knicks were an actual good quality team. Uh, I was worried that uh, you know they were going to get someone in D Rose that was going to lead them to like the nine or ten seed. I kind of forgot that also about the playoff game that playing games that early in the season. But I thought that he was going to get us to you know right on the borderline of the playoffs and not there make us have a worse draft pick. I genuinely didn't think that the Knicks were going to make the playoffs this year and look where they are now. So, uh, you know, really incredible move. Other people that bash this move, you know, weeks into it, like the second that uh, I saw him on the court, I I noticed the difference in the team and how much better we were and how much uh, more potential we had with having a guy like that coming off the bench. Uh, So I love the move. You look at the Knicks and how they played since they got him. They're 21-8 with D-Rose in the lineup this season. Uh, That's, you know, Truly incredible, uh, and he's D Rose is hitting forty percent of his threes with the Knicks. That is uh, a career high, uh, and he's been a, a major mentor to the young guys on the Knicks, such as uh, you know R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, uh, and you know I, I hope that he also impacts other guys who don't really have uh, you know the playoff experience, such as even Julius Randle, Alfred Payton. I uh, hope that he's a leader to everyone, even though Julius Randle is also a leader. Derrick Rose could even be even more of a leader. That's a former MVP that we thought was going to be out of the league, you know, numerous knee injuries, uh, and he doesn't stop battling, doesn't stop fighting, makes his way back, has that, like, 50-point performance, you know, where, where he's crying, uh, obviously gets very emotional. I forget if he did that with the Pistons or the Timberwolves. I think it might have been with the Timberwolves, but... Either way, and that was with Timido also. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that there was a communi- some communication between Timido and Leon Rose. Leon Rose asking Tibbs, you know, I, I, I feel like you guys need one more piece. Uh, I see that you're playing well, but a little inconsistent. Uh, having a having another guy that can get get a bucket and uh, coming off the bench will be huge for you. So, who do you think that could be? And I think that they, you know, were on the same page that D Rose is someone that could really help them, and it's not going to cost too much to to pry him away from Detroit. So, I really can't give enough credit for uh, bringing in D Rose to Leon Rose. Uh, Scott Perry, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, he has been a savior. The Knicks are not the same team without D-Rose. The Knicks are nowhere near above 
uh, nine games above 500 without Derrick Rose. Uh, and, you know, as I said the other day, Knicks still below 500 on the road, but nice to be able to get these two wins against the, the two most winnable games to start this road trip in the Rockets and the Grizzlies. Now we're moving on. we got to play the Nuggets and then the Suns and then the Clippers and then the Lakers all straight on the road. So needed, needed to get these two wins. Uh, you know, clinch their first winning season in eight years. It's incredible. I mean, literally Tom Thibodeau was actually smiling after the game. That's unheard of. Uh, you know, he, but you could be happy sometimes. I mean, that is a that I, there's no other way to put it than that is a successful season for the Knicks. They finished above 500 automatically uh, after years of not even of not doing so, 8 years in exactly. But uh you know, just there's so many positive things to say about this team. Uh, when you look at Julius Randle and how he and how he has grown since uh, last season, same thing with R.J. Barrett and how he's grown. All the players uh, which uh, Leon Rose brought in to perfectly fit into uh, Tom Thibodeau's system. When we're talking about uh, Reggie Bullock, even even last season, uh, didn't play, I think that he came in. You know, after we got Leon Rose, so Reggie Bullock, I loved bring at this point of the season. Yes, I love bringing him back. Uh, Alfred Payton, we also brought him back. Realized that he's a grinded out guy, great on defense, could take it to the rack. Not a good three point shooter, but he could do everything else well enough that it was worth it to bring him back. And you could see the his his importance on the defensive end. He's a great defender, and uh, although he doesn't, you know, a lot of the time he gets uh, around the same amount of points as bench players such as D. Rose, Burks, and Quickly, he's still an essential part of this team. His 18 minutes are key. Four of eight from the field, two of two from the free throw line, 10 points, five rebounds, uh, two steals, two assists. I mean, he's he's doing a, a lot of different things in the short amount, of, in the little amount of time that he gets to play. Uh, so I liked bringing him back. You know, I don't think he's the point guard of the future, but definitely like bringing him, him back. And then, uh, you know, drafting Toppin and quickly, you, you needed to, I'm not, I'm a little unsure. I'm not sold on Toppin yet, but I know that quickly has the right mentality. Uh, he's the, he's a guy that's learning from Rose and Julius Randle, working hard after the game, before the game, putting in the work that we all don't see as fans. Uh, to get better every single day. So love quickly, eight points, three of six from the field, two of three from three. He had a good game. And then we talk about Burks also bringing him in, uh, three and D type of guy, except he's even more than that now. We, we, originally, I thought that he was just, you know, kind of a catch and shoot and defensive player. I, I like him a lot, but he's even more than that. He can actually handle the ball, bring the ball up. Uh, he could facilitate a little bit. He had two assists last night, tied for the lead, coming off the bench uh, with D. Rose. So, you know, they brought in the right guys. And then you also look at Nerland's Noel. And then uh, due to Mitchell Robinson being uh, injured, they brought in Norvell Pell in the middle of the season. And he played 15 minutes last night uh, and had a good performance. So, Really, just not. There's not enough positive things to say about the Knicks last night, uh, or just overall how they're playing right now. I mean, you even look look at their individual uh, quarter in the second quarter, 44 points. That's an, obviously they gave up 36 points. That's a little more than they'd like to give up. But uh, the other three quarters defensively, they gave up 22 in the first and the third, and 24 in the fourth. So 
Only one quarter in which the Grizzlies scored over 25 points, or 25 or more even. Uh, so that, that's an outstanding defensive effort. And although they got to 104 points, the Grizzlies did. You know, As I say, if you're going to score more than your average, which the Knicks did, you, you know, you're probably going to give up a little more than uh, what you average giving up to the other team. But percentage-wise, the Grizzlies shot 39%. Uh, you know, for, as a team... That's decent, you know, for an for an individual. That's that's good, thirty nine percent from three. But as a team, you want to be shooting a little bit better, especially if you're a playoff team. So, very nice that the Knicks were able to hold them to below forty percent from three. But even more impressive, the Knicks were able to hold them to under forty percent from the field overall. Uh, I think that the Grizzlies took a, maybe a little bit too many threes last night. Forty one uh, threes on eighty six total attempts from the field. Uh, that's a little less than half. But uh, it's, all, it's really a lot of threes. That's, uh, you know, 14 more threes than the, than the Knicks took. Uh, Knicks only took 27 threes and, uh, you know, shot 52% from the field. And that's the reason why the Knicks are a top five three-point shooting team uh, percentage-wise in the NBA right now. It's because they take smart threes. They don't take uh, contested bad looks. Um, not saying that the Grizzlies do, but the Knicks play great defense and probably force the Grizzlies into those bad opportunities. But the Knicks shot 52% from three, 50.5% from the field. As you know, during this stretch in which the, the Knicks are absolutely killing it, uh, they are one of the most often, uh, efficient offensive teams in the league, if not the most efficient offensive team in the league. Uh, and it's really just been an incredible turnaround. Two of the biggest turnarounds, I think, that I've seen for the Knicks uh you know, not necessarily pet peeves, but things that I didn't like about didn't like about watching the Knicks in the past were uh, their lack of three point shooting and the ability to shoot threes. Uh, guys would be wide open and not be able to hit it. It would just be like you know. Now I- I'm a little less upset with playing Alfred Payton because we have other guys that get hit threes like Bullock, Randall, even Barrett, and then uh, D Rose, Burks, quickly coming off the bench. Uh, but last year it was all Alfred Paydens. Uh, the past eight years it's pretty much been all Alfred Paydens, not able to shoot threes at a good at a good clip. So really incredible to see the Knicks turn it around in, in that respect, uh, shooting the three pointer, top five percentage in the league. Really crazy thought. No one saw that coming out of the Knicks. Uh, you know Julius Randle shooting over forty percent. R.J. making his way to forty percent. Uh, Derrick Rose shooting 40% since he's been on the Knicks. Alec Burks also shooting 40% from three. And I'm pretty sure that quickly has actually gotten his three-point percentage to 40 on the season. So really incredible turnaround for the Knicks in terms of shooting three-pointers. And then also just a really incredible turnaround defensively. Obviously, Thibodeau puts an emphasis on defense. If you're not going to play defense, you're not going to play at all. But the point is, is that in the past, I've seen it so many times. It's just, I think it's a lack of effort in uh, getting around screens. Uh, the Knicks were always switching on screens. Even eight years ago when we had Mello and, and the good squad, they literally would switch on every single screen. They wouldn't fight to get around the screens the way this team does. Um, you know, I think that obviously, I think it's clear this team is a better defensive team than that team was. Uh, you know, that team had Tyson Chandler, who was a defensive player of the year for the next one season. But uh, this team is more uh, well-rounded on the defensive end. In turn, and he just, and Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau, 
and Scott Perry put together a good, versatile defensive team. Guys that could switch on to bigger or smaller guys in R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, and Julius Randle, and honestly, Alfred Payton. Uh, so I really like what they did with this team defensively. I like the the you know the model of, of the player that they wanted to bring in, someone who's going to work hard every day and uh, is going to work hard, just as hard every single day in practice as he will when he uh, gets in the game. And hopefully he gets it, goes into a different zone when he's in the game. But I just love to see the way that the Knicks fight around screens, not switching the way that they have in the past, uh, giving other teams mismatches and taking advantage of the Knicks defensively in that. Uh, the Knicks aren't that team anymore. We're going to grind it out with you guys, and uh, you're going to have a really tough time uh, you know, scoring and being efficient on us uh, on the offensive end because the Knicks are battling around screens. And really, and and even if they don't get around the screen, uh, the Knicks are versatile enough defensively to to make that switch and only maybe even only for a couple seconds, and then get back to your man, switch back, recover. Uh, the Knicks just fight it out every single night, and it's really amazing to see. Uh, I really, I, I won't uh, state my predictions for the Knicks because uh, they're probably too high right now uh, than they should be. But I really like what's happening with the Knicks. I definitely think that they can win a first-round playoff series. So I'm excited. I can't wait for this season to end and the playoffs to come around the corner because uh, you could catch me at Madison Square Garden losing my mind uh, for the Knicks during this playoffs. Uh, hopefully we could uh, not get a first-round draw against the Celtics or the Heat. I, I like our matchup against the Hawks better, but I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. Who knows what could happen in the next uh, week and a half, but great win for the Knicks against the Grizzlies last night, going into the more difficult part of this road trip against the Nuggets, Suns, Clippers, and Lakers. Uh, they, their game against the Nuggets is Wednesday night, tomorrow night, so very excited for that. Only a week and a half left in the season. After those Next four uh, road games, the Knicks go back home and they play the Spurs, the Hornets, and the Celtics, I believe, in that order. Uh, so can't wait for the season to end. Can't wait to get back to the Garden for playoff basketball. And uh, let's go Knicks, baby. Knicks tape all day, every day. Uh, but going to be moving on to talking about the Mets and their loss last night to the St. Louis Cardinals. So the Mets kind of blew their first game of a three-game set against the Cardinals, losing 6-5. to five. Uh, The reason I say only kind of blew is because every single run in this game was scored, uh, you know, in the third inning or beforehand, the last runs being scored in the bottom of the third. So I'm not sure if that's really blown or just a lack of offense uh, after the beginning of the game, but... Pretty much what happened was the Mets were up 5-2 to two in the third inning. Uh, in the third inning, uh, Dom Smith gets an RBI ground out, and then Pilar hits a two-run homer to give them a 5-2 lead. Uh, and then in the bottom of the third, Nolan Arenado hits a three-run homer to tie the game. Uh, and then the Cardinals uh, get a double to score Paul DeYoung uh, and take the 6-5 lead. Uh, just also wanted to point out that Adam Wainwright was the starting pitcher for the Cardinals last night. 
He went five and two thirds, gave up five earned runs. Uh, he's one. That was his first win, so he's one and three now. Uh, four seven two ERA. The only reason I'm mentioning his name is because you know why, Mets. You know what he did to you back in the day. Yeah, he's the one that sliced that curveball uh, by Carlos Beltran, who just stared at that thing and let the umpire mm, him to the dugout to the offseason, more like. But uh, I'll stop infuriating the Mets fans right now. Uh, I'll get back to the analysis. Uh, you know, it, it was nice to see the Mets score five runs early on in the game, and then it gets back to classic old Mets baseball. Overall, they went two of eight, uh, you know, from with runners in scoring position. That is a 250 batting average with runners in scoring position or just a success rate. Uh, the only one player was successful with runners in scoring position, uh, that being Kevin Pillar. He hit the home run in the third inning, and he also got a regular base hit uh, in which he did not receive an RBI for, I don't believe. Um, you know, another way that they scored a run, I've seen this a lot from the Mets. They had the bases loaded and they got a walk. Uh, I've seen that a lot from the Mets this year. I'm not so sure what's going on with that. Uh, why they're, you know, that's how they're getting a lot of uh, their runs or not a lot, just, you know, more than usual in terms of guys uh, getting an RBI for walking in a run. But, uh, you know that that doesn't count for the, the for the runners in scoring position there. So two for eight, still not so good. I mean, the Cardinals uh, got less runners in scoring position, but they were two for four. So they, uh, you know, were successful fifty percent of the time. The Mets were successful twenty five percent of the time. Uh, they also the Mets left triple the amount of runners on base as the Cardinals did. The Cardinals left three runners on base. Uh, the Mets left nine. So. Definitely disappointing loss from the Mets. Uh, you know, getting that lead, going up five-two, and then blowing it. I mean, uh, this guy, the, the, their starting pitcher. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Lucchesi, uh, two and two-thirds, six earned runs. Uh, so obviously, you can blame the hitting a little bit uh, for how they performed after the third, but you also got to put it on the starting pitching, and this is something. Uh, something that I've seen with the Yankees a lot uh, as of late, which is that the bullpen and the starting pitching and the hitting, mainly I talk about the hitting and the starting pitching, don't play well at the same time. Uh, and I'm seeing this right now for the Mets. You know, the pitching, DeGrom will come out one day and the hitting won't show up. And then, you know, another day the hitting will score five runs in – three innings and then the pitching is going to give up six runs and two and a third, two and two thirds. So it's definitely, you know, disappointing uh, loss for the Mets. Uh, maybe get a little encouraged with how you saw the offense play uh, other than Lindor, maybe. I mean, McNeil getting his average up to 235 slowly, but surely Conforto 244 Alonzo now up to 282 after a good three for four day last night. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the guys are starting to play a little bit better. We obviously need more from, from Lindor. We obviously need to see them hit better with runners in scoring position. I mean, Lindor went 0 for 2. Smith went 0 for 2. Uh, can't blame Lucchesi, the pitcher, for going 0 for 1. But Lindor 0 for 2 and Smith 0 for 3 combined 0 for 5 between two of their best hitters on the team, two starters. Definitely need to do better than that. Um, 
And then, you know, the bullpen pitched pretty well. They they go on to pitch, what is it, four and a third inning or five and a third inning. I, I apologize. Yeah, I mean, no earned runs and only two hits and five and a third. That's that's a good day for the bullpen. So you see, you usually you, see, you get a good start out of the starter. And then the bullpen and, and the hitting usually struggle a little bit. And today, you get good hitting to start. The bull, the starting pitching the starting pitching blows it, and then the relief pitching pitches well. So uh, things are all over the place for the Mets, it seems like. Uh, we can't get two facets of the game playing well at the same time. Uh, maybe we'll be able to tonight. You know, we need – tonight is – yes, tonight's the night. It's DeGrom night uh, coming off a of player of the week uh, or winning pitcher of the month, actually, I believe. Uh, I'll also shout out Garrett Cole. He also won pitcher of the month uh, for this past month. But DeGrom – Unbelievable, below one ERA, uh, doing things that we've never seen before in baseball. I don't know if he's actually putting the pressure on on these Mets hitters by by them thinking like, you know, we have to do this. This is literally the most special thing that we're seeing in our sport and the ground being on the hill. Like, you know, it's really bad that we can't perform when he's out there. I don't know what the deal is, uh, if they're really feeling that much pressure from just uh, the greatness of Jacob DeGrom. But need to see some offense tonight from the Mets. Uh, hopefully Lindor will be, you know, have a good game tonight. Start creeping a little bit closer to the Mendoza line. It's crazy that he's still below that Mendoza line at 163. Uh, at least he's getting some walks, though. His on-base percentage is over 100 points higher than his average. So means that he's uh, seeing the ball okay. He's just, uh, I think, still getting into the, you know, into the, into the flow of things, but it is, you know, May at this point, it is a month in, you know, this may be turned into a lost season for Lindor statistically real quick. Uh, but we'll see, uh, you know, he's just signed that big deal. So definitely wants to prove his worth. Definitely not worried though. Throughout his career so far, definitely, in my opinion, definitely been one of the best switch hitters in the history of baseball. So I'm not overly concerned about Francisco Lindor. Um, but this is an unfortunate loss for the Mets. Need to see multiple facets of the team play well at the same time. And uh, tonight's a great opportunity to do that with with DeGrom being on the hill and uh, the Mets offense, you know, scoring five runs early on in the game. Pete Alonso playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, there was no – they didn't even play Nimmo last night. So, uh, you know, their best hitter right now didn't even play. So, uh, I'm looking forward to this game tonight, DeGrom being on the hill. I think I'm going to tune in for this game, even though I got the Yankees game tonight. I'm going to try to tune into both. Uh, really want to watch, be watching more Jacob DeGrom. So uh, happy DeGrom day to all Mets fans. Hope you enjoy the game tonight. And uh, unfortunate loss last night, but not going to get over-concerned, especially with your division uh, playing uh, as poorly as it is right now. I won't say poorly. I'll just say underperforming right now. And uh, I believe the Mets are still sitting in first place uh, below 500. They're 11 and 12 right now. Um, they're either, you know, they're third place right now in the division. First place is the Washington Nationals, who actually started really poorly. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. But they're only at 500 right now, and they're in first place. So it goes to show what this division looks like right now. Uh, I think that the, the teams are pretty are all pretty even in this division. I mean, the Braves are 
12 and 16 right now. That's crazy to to fathom. Uh, the team that's won the division three or four years in a row and has great young players in uh, Acuna and Ozzy Albies and Ozuna and Dansby Swanson. So uh, I'm not going to overreact to the Mets right now. All those teams I think are, are quality teams, literally at least average teams, if not above average, maybe except for the Marlins. So uh, not going to overreact to the Mets losing this game and still being 30th in the league in, in terms of runs scored. But definitely need to start seeing more or else it's going to be time to hit the panic button when June, uh, when the calendar hits June. So we'll see what happens with the Mets. Uh, hype for tonight in DeGrom. But that's it for my rant today, uh, covering Knicks and the Mets from last night. Uh, you know, obviously the Mets and the Yankees, and I believe the Nets are playing tonight. So I'll be back tomorrow covering them. Uh, the Knicks play tomorrow night, so I'll be back Thursday covering the Knicks and everything else in New York. Uh, again, you could watch this podcast, The Rant, along with all my other Strive Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You could access them via the link tree in my Instagram bio. Uh, you could also tune in for my daily TikTok lay of the day or par- parlay of the day, uh, which in which I provide you with my three sports locks for gambling on a uh, given night, provide those to you daily. I'm also going to be start working with No House Advantage on their TikTok, uh, providing you with a hot overpick for the night and cold underpick for for a night uh, using the No House Advantage lines uh, on their daily props for cash leagues. Uh, check out No House Advantage. Download the app uh, to play and take part in those uh, daily props for cash leagues. They're very fun. I like doing them. Uh, but that's it for my rant today. Can't wait to be back tomorrow. Ben Klein out on this Tuesday, May 4th. Peace.